Welcome to the Rolling Stone Studs, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British invasion, hosted by your own bad boys, Pete. And my name, it's PJ. And this is a... Oh, oh, there it went. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't have it pulled up, but you know. You know, PJ, I our intro, much like the Beach Boys intro, becomes less true the longer into the show we go. Because both with the Beach Boys and this, it was both about their origins as a band, and then both right. of these bands get further and further away from their origins. And by that you mean they just become really shitty. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, you know, the Beach Boys, at least at a certain point, were not a surf rock band at all anymore. That's true. They were more although of a... Although they definitely did go back to it. And the Rolling Stones, although they will always be tied in their infancy with the British invasion, I feel like become more of a like global band very quickly like by the early 70s they stopped being like very british to my mind you know at, at some point every band ceases to have a genre and they just become classic rock that's true every every great band eventually will join the canon of classic, rock. classic coldplay rock. has joined the canon of classic rock. if they're playing it on point, classic rock undeniable. radio it's classic rock red hot chili peppers from 2004 classic rock yes. You too, classic rock. Exactly. How weird must you think that is to like young bands coming up? Because classic rock, I think, started in like the late seventies or something on the radio, um, with playing like old, you know, sixties hits. I'm guessing, and so, <laughs> you know, for bands that started way after that, and then now they are firmly they are- like you could hear a 1964 Rolling Stones song next to a Red Hot Chili Peppers song on yeah a classic rock station without thinking twice. I, I wouldn't think. Um. I do love that you stated that as fact, like, oh, yeah, started in the... <laughs> I mean, I am I guess I'll say I am pretty sure. But then you said, I think. You know, you really <laughs> well, co- you covered to... your ass, and it was great. <laughs> I do, yes. Well, that's the one thing I've learned on this show, that I am almost never right, but I like to think that I am. You know, Origins I... of Classic Rock Radio. Let's see what Google.com comes up with. In the 80s. Uh 80s guys it was in the 80s but what is it 1980 because some people would argue we've had this conversation before that's still part of the 70s yeah i mean i think every decade just becomes a decade five years after but i digress um so what were they playing when classic and rock really, PJ, radio we're started almost back to the 90s if you see what these kids walking around with their walkmans and their sony cassettes and their their baggy jeans and their Kurt Cobain t-shirts. And, and they're it's like, what is this? My college days again? I know. And they have HPV, which very 90s <laughs> disease, if you ask me. Um, it, they're just, this is what HIV looks like. <laughs> I said HPV. <laughs> uh, HIV was a thing in the 90s, too. Everyone was scared of it. 80s true. and 90s. Don't forget. Magic Johnson retired because of it. And That's you should, true. And you can never forget that. PJ. Did he retire because of it? Because he played in the NBA when he yeah. still had HIV. Yes, but I believe... He, well, oh yeah, that's a good question. I don't think he did retire because of it. I think it was just a big deal when he announced he had it and maybe 
people thought he might have to because yeah well and then they I believe it can hurt you physically you know like it could make it where he couldn't play anymore but well and him and magic or uh, sorry him and charles barkley were playing together him and magic barkley everyone yeah. every basketball player was just nicknamed magic exactly him and charles barkley were like 76ers are playing the Lakers, right? And then they ask uh, Charles Barkley, because he was friends with Mag- Magic Johnson, after uh, mm. the game they played together, they were like, <laughs> yes. how do you feel about him having HIV? One of the great quotes of all time. <laughs> He's like, I'm not fucking him. <laughs> we're just playing together. <laughs> Which yeah. is so okay, amazing. Is, yeah. It's fantastic. But here here it is. It's straight from Wikipedia, our primary source on this podcast. Johnson retired abruptly in 91, 1991 after announcing he had HIV, but then he played in the 1992 All-Star Game winning the MVP award. Okay. But then his fellow pra- players protested and he retired again until 1996 when he played a la- his last season. Interesting. Okay. So it was it partially was um you know, people people uh being uh, afraid of him. And uh, for some reason, at the top of the Wikipedia page, it says, for the Red Hot Chili Peppers song, see Mother's Milk. <laughs> so apparently they have a song about Magic Johnson, which I did not realize. Huh. That's interesting. Man, it comes full circle. Speaking of which, are you wearing a Philadelphia 76ers shirt right now? I am wearing a Philadelphia 76ers shirt. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers do have a song called Magic Johnson. I assume they're rapping about a penis that's Magic Johnson on that sorcerer. One. Oh. I thought they'd be rapping about a sorcerer's penis. Honestly, yeah, yeah, probably. That's probably true. I stick it in the hole and it's like a wand. And then imagine like crazy bass playing behind that. That's about the level of musicality they were dealing with in those early albums. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, so Pete. PJ? Like we just said, um, classic rock radio apparently started in the 80s. What, do, yes, do you although, have a specific see, year? 19, by 1983, entire radio stations, so, imagine it, ni- devoted themselves to the budding classic rock genre. God, Jesus, do you remember imagine the days sitting around? It, headline, they put out a special edition of the New York Times. I remember it well. They were running around saying, x extra. entire radio stations are, <laughs> de- are devoting themselves to the budding classic rock genre. Um, I think it's- Stations like KRBE in Houston, PJ only played hits from the 60s and 70s so you even i can't even imagine so do you think in like 1983 they were playing like some girls or like elvis costello records yeah. from like 1978 oh maybe <laughs> i would like guess do you think they were like probably. classic rock started five years ago like what do yeah. you what do you I think mean, it's a little weird because like how far back stuff, are they going in 83 yeah, some of that stuff is weird because back on the days when radio I kind of have to imagine here because I never lived when radio was the only way to hear music. But sounds like a nightmare. I mean, I guess records existed, but yeah, like back in the day, it's like it would either be genre specific, which I imagine would go back a little bit, or it would just be top forty radio. So maybe stuff like from the late seventies, if it you know was obviously off the top forty charts by the early eighties, would would be in their playlists. Hmm. Depending. Is there like Just because a? They wouldn't be being played anywhere else. You know, you know how you can look up set lists from concerts that happened at a certain date. I wonder if you can do that with oh, radio stations. See what the first classic rock radio station was playing in 1983. Yeah. That'd be really cool. I found some YouTube clips. There was a podcast I listened to. It did like four episodes a decade ago and then stopped, but it was really, really good when it was on. It was about 
this guy was a comedian it was two comedians i forget the other guy's name but one of them was howard kramer who had like as a kid he grew up in new york in the late 80s and recorded um i forget the name of the radio station but the one of the hip-hop radio stations there and would record like entire four-hour chunks on cassette tapes and still had all of them and so it was a podcast where they just went through and like listened to cassette recordings of 80s radio stations and it was really really fascinating (laughs) but i tried to like look up some more of that stuff and it's it is very hard to find because no one was recording it back then they didn't care you know the one thing i know about howard kramer is that he loves the summertime oh i don't i just know grew up in the i mean i barely knew he was a comedian except they told me on that show but yeah that makes sense kind of like kind of similar to our (laughs) show yeah that sounded familiar i wasn't sure where pj in case you are worried Mm -hmm. about um whether classic rock had legs um listeners of classic rock ages 18 to 34 or millennials are steadily increasing as time goes on uh this group makes up an overwhelming 75.4 million people and are outpacing the traditional classic rock baby boomers by leaps and bounds. But they have no data for that. <laughs> They're just telling us that that's true. Well, I mean, they had pretty accurate statements there. Leaps and bounds, Peter. Leaps and bounds. Right, right. Um, Despite any naysayers, classic rock is here to stay. <laughs> so, Michael. do you want to hear... This is actually reminding me of something. Do you want to hear a very high thought? I wasn't high when I thought of it, but it sounds like something you'd come up with sitting around in the dorm room in college you know yeah i was thinking about it the other day where like you know how now people get into classical music and it's still a thing people are into but like for people who aren't really into classical music you're like oh it's all kind of the same thing but then if you get into it you realize it's a span of like 400 years well not for like 200 to maybe 300 years Mm -hmm. of like music right and that, you know, within that, there's a bunch of differences and, like, all the composers are from different places and had different styles, even though it's all kind of the same at the end of the day to mm-hmm. to someone who's not that into it. Do you think, PJ, in, like, 100 years, that's how classic rock is going to be? And there will be, like, classic rock halls where people go <laughs> and listen to people play old hits and then it'll be like, oh, that guy's just into classic rock, but it's all the same. And you're like, no, Green Day is way different than the Beatles man those are like crazy different bands and but then all the young kids there will just be like it's all the same shit you know um I've had a very sick blew your fucking mind (laughs) well I am pretty stoned right now so (laughs) yeah exactly um PJ just really leaned back in his chair and went oh yeah I I smoked two blunts this morning oh sorry two joints this morning two whole joints yeah um, and then I smoked two joints in the afternoon just to make me feel all right. So, sure. um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm up to four joints for today, Peter. Uh, it's a lot of joints. That's how, that's how many joints I have in my arms and legs. Yeah. Okay. That's not true. No, I'm just thinking I don't of think the that's... knee and the elbows. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, I, I don't know about that. Um, but so with that thought. They don't have actual recordings of classical music. They just have sheet music from it. And so... Good point. I mean, they do for some later stuff, obviously, but... Yeah, like what? It's just played off the sheet music. Name one like thing stuff they from the, Like stuff from the late 1800s. Name three albums, Peter. Name three Bach albums, okay? 
If you're such a fucking fan. Name three. Yeah. Name three wax cylinders that were popular in 1898, <laughs> yeah. huh? And you, and you can't say Blah Blah Black Sheep because everybody knows that one. That's right. Um, you know, that is, it is, so with, with that, uh, you know, compelling article you just read, um, it sure. says that the, the 18 to 35 is, and it keeps going up, but like, is that the, the, yeah. the, the, the listeners, but more stuff is becoming classic rock as we go on. So does that, is that right. a real statistic? Like, that doesn't make any sense. No, 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 no. I, they're just, yeah, they're, they're just writing for the sake of writing like most things on the internet but what's no the... you're right because stuff from the 90s is definitely classic rock now like foo fighters is classic rock. yeah what's the newest band you think is now considered classic rock that's a good question and you it's can't tough. say earl sweatshirt i guess i would say anything before 2000 at this point but give us another five years, and you could start throwing in early 2000s bands, I think. So, like, you wouldn't put the Strokes in classic rock? No, but I think we're very close we're to that. We're pretty close theme. to that. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, that's 21 years ago now. They start, like, the, their first album came out, which is a very long time ago. I mean, if you think about it. To not be considered classic rock. When, or, yeah. when we were kids, like, when we were in high school, they had already been playing stuff from, like, when we were born on the radio. Like, they would play right. the Black Crows on the classic rock radio. So, like, 15 years ago, that's 2005. Oh, I thought you just meant in general on the radio, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they were playing I play a lot stuff of stuff on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, on classic rock yeah, radio. Yeah, classic rock. So, like, yeah. now yeah. that would be, so like, like stuff from 2006, be. which is crazy. I looked yeah. up the strokes to see... Um, to sure. see you gotta turn your safe search on for that one what year oh no what came up is a bunch of pictures of people who are having a stroke <laughs> so yeah you're okay i mean that's just based on what you usually google which is like give me pictures of people suffering from different medical ailments yeah i and so it's learned I'm, what you want to see i'm working on a project not for anything just for me sure but, a project yeah, yeah sure dr Murrow. all right um <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're we're close, man. Okay. I mean, definitely by the time we're like thirty, anything we listen to in high school could be considered old music. But yeah, I just can't. But on the other, wait like, for the days the Arctic Monkeys are considered classic rock. <laughs> yeah, but then it's weird because, I mean, I guess would it have to be like played on a classic rock station? But then I don't think I don't know that classic rock stations would even like play stuff from the 90s yet like i feel like they would still just skew it toward like 70s early 80s These, and 60s they'll, kind of. they'll play classic rock stuff from really? the 90s yeah okay yeah um some some pearl jam yeah like nirvana and pearl jam are both played on classic rock radio yeah. Which okay is, yeah. then yeah we're probably only a few years away from the strokes being on there i would it what's weird about stuff like like the strokes have more wide appeal but like the arctic monkeys early stuff is like was very of a scene i'll take your word for I it almost it was yeah there was the early i mean it was all kind of strokes influenced but coming out of britain there were a ton of like kind of pop emo punk bands um that is that a genre very similar like them and franz ferdinand 
and kind of riding on Blur's coattails as well. Um, mm-hmm. You have just named several bands I know nothing about, except Franz Ferdinand. Oh, okay. I've heard some of their songs. Yeah, they suck. Uh, these were all bands I got very into, like in high school, and since have listened to, and you're like, ugh. Most of them, the Arctic Monkeys, actually have only gotten better. They like their newest album is fantastic. You and wanted to start an Arctic Monkeys podcast. I think they would be really interesting. I think a lot of bands from that era would be interesting. We talked about My Chemical Romance a little while ago. They would be a fascinating podcast, but they have I'm, four albums, I think, so yeah. it would be short. Right. You get it. I mean, you get to pick the next band. You pick the Beach There's Boys. There's a lot of crazy. I pick the Stones. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy in it. Like in the early 2000s, people were they were scared of that emo music, PJ. If we're a Strokes, oh wait, we never said anything about the Strokes. We said Arctic Monkeys. We should start a Strokes podcast though and call it Stroke into the Strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Or just Stroken. Yeah. And we'll use that Clarence Carter song as the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a Strokes podcast. I feel like we'd get very boring very quickly because after like their first three albums, there's no more controversy and they just start to like, you know, like they basically just immediately settled into being themselves, but slightly different. I only know one stroke song and it's boring. So I have to imagine. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be great. You know, I just thought of a really good idea. There should be a band that covers both the Rolling Stones and the strokes and call it the Rolling Strokes. Yeah, and then you the can stroke just and stones. W- stroke and stones is good too. Um, and then you can just, you know, they could wear the same outfits cause it's all the same shit yeah. and they all have the same haircuts, but yeah. Yeah. Basically. I'm smart That's man. A good idea. Yeah. The hives. They're technically Swedish, but they're of that same, that same. Um, I, I gotta group. tell you, Peter, that is a band I've never heard anything about ever. Oh, they're great. Uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah's. I think, uh, I don't actually know if they were British, but they were definitely part of that scene. Uh, Hot Hot Heat, another one from that scene. Uh, I should have more. I used to listen to a lot of that music. A lot of that music. And no, none of it is very good. Hmm. Good <laughs> to know. the Arctic Monkeys are great. Everyone should check out their most recent like three albums. Are fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't tell you i've what's that one song they have that everybody knows do i want to know is that that's their big hit oh i played it on the wrong computer and it was supposed to be coming through the thing but i'll just leave you singing that in like a ton of people covered at the time i feel like that one yeah. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the one that I know. And then I think no other songs by them have I ever heard. Yeah. Oh, they're really great. I'm I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't at least listen to that whole album, honestly. Pretty much everyone, I feel like, did. Because it was a very... It's like a very classic rock kind of influenced album from them. Yeah. See, and for a long time, I thought this was... Uh, a Black Keys song that I didn't know. Mm, yeah. It's kind of Black Keysy though. Don't, I mean, don't disparage the Arctic Monkeys like that, PJ. I like the Black Keys. The Black Keys, another band. Well, no, they were the White Stripes copycats. Yeah. But also from the early 2000s, like in that weird rock uh, revival in the early 2000s. They came out a little bit later than everybody else, it seems like. 
Yeah, that's why they got shit for copying the White Stripes because they came out like three years after them and were the exact same thing. I will. I want to say they came like ten years after. You think them. it was later? Yeah. Oh yeah, because ninety nine. No, I would guess the first Black Keys album came out in like two thousand four, but the first White Stripes one was ninety nine. So let's look up the Black Keys. I like the Black Keys. More specific, they're fine. I don't hate them like a lot of people do, and especially I was a big Jack White guy, so yeah. I should have like really hated them. But I also do not like them very much, so it's oh, hard to. The big come. I don't up. feel strongly about them either way. See, and I like love Jack White and I love the White Stripes, but I also really like the Black Keys. It is funny that they were like that they not only copied their whole shtick, but like also the name is pretty much copied. They're just like yeah, yeah. But yes, uh, the um, White Stripes, the Black Keys, yeah. Yeah, I. The big come up came out in 2002, so you were exactly right. Three years after. Yeah. I gotta say, I always was annoyed at the Black Keys too because they, in studio, would add instruments. Mm. And part of the thing I really liked about the White Stripes is like almost always that not without, or not always not every single song, but they almost always kept it to just two instruments on every song. Yeah. Even I, in even in studio. So I mean, I totally get doing that, and I just... I, I love that Jack White is a good enough musician to do that and still have a good song. However, yeah. I don't really care if people add stuff in studio. That's not really a thing I give a shit about anymore. Well, but then you either have to add musicians live, which then kills the whole two-band band thing, or you don't play with those extra instruments live and then you sound kind of shitty live that's my problem with it i guess i'm fine with people having touring musicians like it's not a thing i give a shit about i do think they should just become part of the band though (laughs) you know like yeah uh, uh, ian stewart musicians bother the shit out of me Hmm. they gotta make a living band like i really don't like when they have extra musicians going on huh yeah gotta say so you really hate moment. going to a Billy Joel concert. Let's see. <laughs> well, Billy Joel's an artist where he's had to assemble a band every time he's wanted to record because he doesn't have a full band. But if you're like... So what you're telling me, Peter, is you hate going to an Elton John concert. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, here. You're choosing really good examples there, PJ. You would just hate to go to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Actually, he's got the yeah. E Street Band, so. Yeah, that's a bad example. Although the E Street Band, was the E Street Band the same people the whole time? I think. Like, I mean, obviously not, because it's been so long, but was it the same people for at least a while? I think or it was the same core people for quite some time. Because yeah. well, uh, you got Max Weinberg. Clarence Clemens. Max Weinberg was their the drummer. Most famous of all of them. Sure. Um, Him, too. He was Conan's drummer. Sure, why not? It's gotta be. It's gotta be Conan's drummer. Um, he also has a son that's in a shitty band, I think. Oh, interesting. Let's see. Jay Weinberg is the drummer for Slipknot. <laughs> that sounds right. That's funny. Wow, I, I have two Franz Ferdinand albums on my iTunes that does not need to stay there <laughs> what's wrong peter what's your favorite friends ferdinand song god i really hate them so none. <laughs> come on um i really liked like three songs when i was a kid or like in like junior high but uh i think i would hate them now the one off the top of my head is eleanor put your boots on but i 
that's probably really bad. You want to hear my impression? Oh, no. I don't like that one. I'm remembering it. I don't like that song. Um, my brother got uh, God, Franz Ferdinand's like first album on CD with the first sure. like stereo he got. And uh, we shared a room for a long time. And he would only listen to that album and the Gorillaz' first album just over and over again. Yeah. And like... Well, I'd- at least one of those was halfway decent. Yeah, and uh, then we <laughs> uh, we got separate rooms, and I could still hear it through the wall. So now I really any song from either of those two albums I cannot stand. I'm coming yeah. around on the Gorillas, but that's rough. Yeah. They're they're fine. Yeah, I feel like didn't we talk about them a few weeks ago? Yeah, I think we talked about how it's stupid that it's the same guy from Blur. Yeah, it's like they were so much cooler before you knew that. Yeah. And now it's like uh, they just kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LCD sound system. That's a good one. Now I'm just oh. looking at all the associated acts for these kinds of bands. I do like LCD sound system. To come up with more. But I feel like they were like a similar. They were kind of in that wave. They were like. Like the weird, like new indie. Yeah, they were less like. Stuff rock though i mean they are a rock That's and roll true. band they but. were a little more arty but yeah yeah arcade fire probably fits in there or maybe not that's just well, a band i've never yeah. listened to and i don't give a shit about oh i don't I like the name of probably band. like oh i was gonna say like every white dude in high school but you're accepted uh i loved them for a little while they're still fine but i don't care about new arcade fire at all i don't care about any arcade fire to me they're the same as um This one kid in high school really liked them and a band called Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. And, mm, and RJ Baby. Ooh, in my in my mind, they are the same band, and I just don't care about they're, either of them. They're, they could not be more different, honestly. Really? Red Jumpsuit Apparatus was like weird. I feel like from what I remember about them, they were more like Fallout Boy-esque, like a little more like Is Arcade Fire not in that? The same vein. No, Arcade Fire is like very like they're almost like twee rock. I don't know and what like, that means. Kind of folksy. Like I would almost put them more with like the Decemberists than Interesting. I've never yeah, heard an yeah. Arcade Fire song that I know of. What's what's I the... think you would you would probably really like them, PJ. What's their most famous song? They seem one second. Uh, I'll look one up. They seem up your up your alley cuz they're kind of that like like, did you listen to Neutral Milk Hotel at all? I've heard uh, that one album in the airplane over the sea. Yeah. Do you like it? It's fine. I didn't listen to it oh, okay. until like four or five years ago. Um, um. Oh God, now I can't. I didn't their hate first it. Album's a weird concept album. So look up. Um. One sec. Um, Neutral Milk Hotel. Somebody really annoying told me about them, and so like they're our friend Jake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, nailed it. Okay, and sorry, and okay. so uh, now I like have a bad taste in my mouth about them. So Arcade Fire, their biggest hit is either Wake Up or uh like something off sub- the suburbs, maybe like Ready to Start. Look up Ready to Start. That's probably going to be the one you'd actually dig. A live version? No thanks. Okay. No. Fuck that. All right. This is my live reaction to Arcade <laughs> yes, Fire. Yeah. 
were those YouTube guys listening though? to Arcade Fire for the first time. Which a lot of those I'm like, how have you not heard American Pie before? Like, how is this the first time you're hearing it? But then yeah. I've never heard this song in my entire life. Does not sound even a little bit familiar. Yeah, this is kind of more in line with like the Strokes, I would say. Like, it's a little Strokes. It's like the Strokes crossed with, like, I don't know. I think of them as very Decemberist for some reason as well. Um, they, you know, they who feel they... like music made by people who love hanging out in the woods. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what's that one song? They're like we're camping, but we're like hipsters about it. No, I'm Honestly, man, I need to get back into some Arcade Fire and some Arctic Monkeys. This week has made, or this conversation has made me realize I need to re-listen to their, to two or three albums from them each. What's that one song? Who's it by? It's like, ooh, there's a lost sheep and a ghost for this town. Do you know that one? No, I don't know that one. Um, what the fuck? For a second, I thought you were going to sing the other Arcade Fire song that I mentioned, but then you got into some weird lyrics I've never heard before. I, so. d- I don't know if those were the actual lyrics. Um, yeah. What the fuck is that? <sighs> Give me one I second. I cannot tell you. Yeah. Um, God damn it. What is it called? Oh, The Shins. Arcade Fire sounds like The Shins. Oh, God, I hate The Shins. Yeah. That song to me sounds like they also could have done yeah. this song. You're right. It is like, yeah, they they have some shinziness to them. I mean, that. But yeah, this really sounds like it could the be the shins. The shins are too, are too twee for me. You keep saying that word, and I don't know what it means. It's just like cutesy, light. Ah. Like, it's weird because I love, like, old 60s and 70s, like, AM rock and, like, very light kind of like weird stuff from back then but that like 2000s the shins like decemberists early arcade fire like even some early vampire weekend like it's just too like eh, i don't know it's like like too hipstery i guess maybe it was part of growing up when that stuff was popular that i didn't like get into it but it's weird because it's just kind of a different kind of light rock but it just did not do it for me um when you described twee uh i thought you were calling like saying that as a genre and i was very i feel like i probably learned that word reading a vampire weekend review from 2006 (laughs) okay it's my guess no and i understand what the word means and i need people to know that i just thought you were describing a musical genre as that and i was like i don't know what that is but i know what twee means okay twee pop on wikipedia it's a genre of indie pop that is thought oh. to originate from the 1986 compilation C86, characterized by its simplicity and perceived innocence. Some of its defining features are boy-girl harmonies, catchy melodies, and lyrics about love. Let's see if they have some bands. <laughs> cuddlecore is a related movement in music. <laughs> we should start a cuddlecore band. I'm surprised it's that old. Like There definitely are some bands like... Um, who am I trying to think of? Um, Jonathan, what's his name? 
God damn it, from Modern Lovers, I feel like could be like kind of twee. Um, Jonathan Swift. A little bit. Uh, Swift? No, I'm thinking of somebody no, else. No, something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm actually surprised. I thought that was just a thing like Pitchfork writers came up with to be mean to <laughs> the shins. Yeah. But. Uh, Jonathan Richmond. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Like, I feel like he has some stuff from like the 80s and 90s that could be that, but. Yeah, I could hear that. Um, I don't know older bands, I guess, that would be. Tweet pop would be that way. Tweet. Yeah, what are some of the bands on this compilation that originated it? You know, the creation the, Subway Pro Plus. The thing that popped in my head when you said Tweet Pop oh, labels. was Bell and Sebastian. They seem like they're like a Tweet <laughs> yes, Pop. Yes, that's bit. a perfect example yeah. of Tweet. Yeah, exactly. That is a a great example. I fucking hate Bell and Sebastian. They suck. Yeah, they do suck. They definitely suck. You know, we're having quite a. Uh, People are going to really know what kind of music we listen to now. Like, I know we've talked about what music we've been into before, but not yeah, to this extent. I feel like they'll extent. also know exactly how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's some artists from that 80s thing. I I feel like some of these sound vaguely familiar, but I don't think I've ever actually heard anything from any of these bands. Primal Scream, I think everyone's probably heard of. Yeah. But I don't know if I've ever I heard anything. Couldn't name a song. Yeah. Mighty Mighty. The Mighty Mighty Boss the Tones? Pastels. They're ska. Yeah. Uh, the Mighty Lemon Drops? Meow? These are all terrible names for bands. Yeah. Big Flame? <laughs> These actually sound very 2000s to me, mostly. We've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. Is like a terrible college band name yeah. from 2008 to me. But oh, yeah. Um, just goes to show... Indie kids are not that creative. You see, it, it seems like they they would have been named that in 2008, and then in 2016 they would have had to be like, "Fuck, our name is too. We gotta change it to just Fuzzbox," you know? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's too long. Yeah. yeah, or like just go by the initials <laughs> of every like first yeah, letter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like Starfucker. Yeah. <laughs> not better. I don't know what they thought they were solving. Uh, I think. They could, like, some people had a really bad, like, you couldn't hang up a poster that said fuck on it. But S-T-R-F-K-R, that's fine, I think. I guess for a poster, but I first really became aware of them or aware of the problem with their name when I DJed in college, as we've talked about before. Yeah, and you can't Now you couldn't say. say their name on air, and that was about the era when they changed it to just the S-T-R-F-K-R. Yeah. That's what like, I would that's say. That's not better to say on the radio, though. Like, it's not easier. No. Uh, so, yeah. But I guess by like 2012 or whenever they changed it, they weren't giving a shit about radio, probably. <laughs> no. Um, you know, the. that And that one was easy to get around. Like, because you can't say, like, oh, and that was Starfucker. You have to say STRFK. But, like, the, right. the Arrogant Sons of Bitches is a band that I played music from. Mm. There's just yeah. no way around not saying that. Um, I mean, no, that's easier. You just go arrogant SOBs, and then everyone knows. But, like, we were told to say star effer because they were really popular when we were, yeah, when, like, I started at the radio. And I'm like, that's just stupid. Like, I just I just didn't play them because I didn't yeah. want to deal with it. That's fair. Or at least not say what the name of the band was. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that is a band name. I mean, I think 
famously it was a joke when they did it, but that's like such an obvious like, oh, but now we have to actually just like right. do you live think, with this band name now. Do you think they got it from the Rolling Stones song? Um No. You think Literally, they you think they actually Wikipedia fuck page. stars? Yeah, straight from their Wikipedia page. This is a quote from one of the founders of the band saying they were hanging out with douchey people and one of them was bragging about being a star fucker. And he thought, who are these people? What is this world? That's why I chose the name because it represented all I didn't want to be a part of. It is the most, oh boy. That's a really douchey thing to say. Um, Do you think that the guy who kept saying he was a star fucker Got it from the Rolling Stone song. Yes. Yeah. I assume so. He didn't realize it was supposed to, it was a slam on Carly Simon. Or he did, and then it was like a weird sexist thing. It's hard to know with Rolling Stones fans where they're coming from. (laughs) (laughs) You make a good point. As we'll get to in this episode. It's just hard to to know. Also, Starfucker used to be called Pyramid, which is like not a great name for a band, but is better than Starfucker. Gotta say. If you had to name a band... You have 10 seconds. It's got to be catchy. What, yeah. What's it going to be? Yeah. Eight, oh, seven, you mean, bet- six, I th- I was thinking between five, Starfucker and Pyramid, and I'm like, I just said Pyramid. Oh, no. I Ten, keep... Nine, eight, seven, six, five, oh, The Mystics. That's a good one. I don't oh. think it's been used. I feel like I've Googled it. Okay. I. Okay. You want to hear my band names? My ideal band names that have never been used. Hey, wait, no. You oh, wait, no. The Mystics, the Mystics has been used. You do I'm the same sure. thing that's for like me. An old, that's an R&B group from like the 50s. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. 10 seconds. Go. Um, How about like the chord vets, like the car, but also like chords in our music? That's a great idea. Thanks. The funniest part about that is that when I was growing up watching that movie and now I'm like, not the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> no, it's like, it's cheesy, but it's not terrible. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, okay, so this is how weird Starfucker was. Their name was Starfucker. When they got signed to a label, they freaked out and were like, oh, our name can't be our name. Let's change it to Pyramid, and then changed it back. And it's like, guys, you had your golden opportunity yeah. <laughs> to lose the problematic name. But right. then they changed it back to it spelled out. They didn't change it until the initials. They didn't change it to that Much until later. later. So, yeah, I would have just yeah changed it in general. Um, yeah, right. It's a yeah, but you know what? At least it's not as bad as the chicks. Am I right? Oh yeah, F- fuck poor. that. The, the Those poor ladies. Bring the Dixie back to those little ladies. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, who is? <laughs> what is the fan? The fan count of the people who are into the Dixie chicks, but also like love are like racist basically um sorority girls from alabama like, the liberal country band yeah they they like their or at least career back got in the day. canceled in like 2000 and something right because so they like, were like george bush is an asshole and a racist yeah. so yeah. i want to meet the person who defends the dixie chicks like and like oh they need the dixie band. and it's like you realize yeah. they don't want it like they're changing with the times because they're like those people yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, I imagine. Yeah, sorority girls from Alabama. It has to be that where they're like, yeah, a traveling soldier, and then they like use the n word in the next sentence. You know, 
You know, PJ, some girls, like sorority girls from Alabama, want the Dixie back in the Dixie chair. And that's really, that's the unreleased verse <laughs> put from the, some girls. Put the dicks back in those chicks. That would be about on par with uh. the Rolling Stones from this era. You know, my favorite part about some girls is that Mick, he's so dedicated to his craft. You know, he sits yeah. down before every tour and he's like, okay, okay, I'll make ch- it's, it's Mick here. It's 2012. I gotta, I gotta update some girls so that it's relevant to modern times. So some girls are hanging out online. That's pretty good. <coughs> yeah, right. Oh, some girls. It's fucking are, genius, are, Mick. Let's see. Oh, some girls are CEOs of companies. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But they still like to fuck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I just appreciate that he's like, he's not letting time slip away. From him, you know, it's. He's staying. It's so good. Fully. Weird Al's own some songs. Girls. Uh, some girls <laughs> <laughs> are trying and failing to become president. <laughs> and then some girls are succeeding to become vice president. That's the that's the some most girls. current verse. Yeah. <laughs> he updates it every year. <sighs> and then some <laughs> some girls. It's, he just loves talking about the president because some, some girls fuck the president and some girls try and sue the current president for, you know, for for fucking him. So it's just all, it's so confusing. Women in the presidency, man. I wish I could sue everybody I ever fucked. <laughs> I don't even remember what that was all about, honestly, anymore. That was so long ago. Yeah. Was it that, was, I don't, God, I don't even remember what it was. Like, what was, was it just, I feel like she wrote a, I don't think anyone was actually suing anybody. I think it was just that she, like, went public with this story of. And then I think he sued her, her maybe? Because. Maybe for, um, like, I feel like she had a book or something. For an NDA, so maybe? maybe? Her. Like, he yeah. had her sign an NDA. Something, but. Yeah. Ugh, crazy times we lived in, huh? It's, fuck, it's fucking nuts, Peach. And you know what, man? It's only going to get crazier. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um. By the way, that was possibly the worst um, British voice I've done so far on this show. It really... Or, well, actually, I take that back. I don't think it's the worst British accent I've done. I do think it's maybe the worst I've ever tried to impersonate Mick Jagger because it, it really just turned into bad Michael Caine at the end. It was not good. <laughs> and I didn't... Else. I didn't want to put you on full blast there, Pete. Um, no. I'm only bringing it up because recently a mutual friend of ours visited me. Um, and yes, I am living that vaccinated lifestyle. Um, That's true. He talks about it every and day. Yes. And I'm waxed, vaxxed, and ready to <laughs> relax. <laughs> so I, a mutual friend was visiting me and... We were talking about the Rolling Stones. Of course, that's all I could talk about with him. It was basically just one giant long Rolling Stone studs podcast. And I, I did a Mick Jagger impression. And afterwards, we were both like, holy shit, that was like pretty spot on. And I was like, I've done, I've tried to do his voice a million times on the show and have never gotten close. And I nailed it. And I got to say, PJ, he said he would back me up if you reached out to double check that it was actually a good impression. Because 
You know, that, and that's, I didn't think you would believe me. That's a fascinating story, Peter. Um, do you want to talk about some girls or? Sure. Okay. You want, let's, yeah, let's get to the track by track. Yeah, let's just fucking get this over with. If that's the kind of heat you're bringing, I don't know, man. You can please delete it. Okay. <laughs> now so, I'm not gonna. Now it it's going in. It was him yelling at Keith. Let me try and recreate it. Okay. You gotta go no, low. No. Like when I think of Mick, I, I think of his like. No, I feel like he has a higher pitch voice. Oh, when you go in, no. I feel like that's what he sounds like. He doesn't have. Maybe sometimes. He doesn't have a say. You know what I think it was? Is it was very early in the morning. And I think I still had kind of that like morning lump in my throat. You still had a bunch of cum really, in your throat from the night before. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that that's what did it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I was listening to. Um, Keith Richards, like four years ago, posted so much, so many things on his YouTube, um, mm. and he just answers one question at a time per video. And his favorite thing is to be like, or like, why, why don't you use guitar pedals? And at the, he'll just talk about him, and be like, you know, I thought on that one, it was more like a you know, more of a one-time off effect. And but I use my feet for standing. <laughs> and then there's another one where he's talking about why he doesn't play the harmonica. <laughs> And he's like, oh, my old friends can play the harp real good. Uh, you know, I use my lips for telling people to fuck off. <laughs> and so, like, he's got this weird trope that he's always like, I use my blank for blank. Right, and right. It's, uh, he's such... That's pretty a, good. A, God, the Keith Richards comedy, album, comedy hour would yeah. be killer. People always ask me, why don't you play harmonica, Keith? Well, yeah. I'm busy using my you know, lips you know to tell people to fuck tell them. Yeah. To fuck off. <laughs> oh, let's see. never be able to use them again. Nick, I really want to thank you so much for allowing us to come back. Yeah, you never used them again. <laughs> On December the 18th, in my opinion, I think you and the Stones are going to create TV history. And by that I mean it's the first time that. And this is from '81. On pay television yeah. in the Los Angeles area. Yeah. This is a medium that's basically been used for sports. Yeah. What made you decide to go that route? Well, uh, we figured that uh, that we could tie up the. If sound we could make money off our fans, we, we would. FM stereo sound. We figured that and, FM stereo uh, sound. Wanted to see uh, this, sh- this show, which won't be the same show as the Los Angeles area saw, which was the outdoor show. Would be the indoor show. It's slightly It'd different. be indoors, so it's well, obviously it's very different because it's indoors. Experiment, really. We've never played under a roof <laughs> before, so we're trying it. It's a new thing. It's like we've also never played with our shirts on, but now. Have you seen Rock Under a Roof? It's really, it's a whole different experience. <laughs> I would love for there to be a festival called Rock Under a Roof. <laughs> It's just them yeah. playing inside. Like, you know, they have like rock in the rivers and like rock the mountains and all that dumb bullshit. Yeah. yeah. The most uh, the most uncomfortable one ever is rock in my shoes. Yeah. Ugh. Such a shitty festival. <laughs> just limping around everywhere. But have you ever gotten a rock in your shoe? Oh, bro, don't even talk to me oh. about rocks in my shoe. It fucking sucks, right? Anyway, <laughs> PJ, do you want to talk about some girls? Uh, I would love to talk about it some feels any at this girls. Point like we're avoiding it. Some girls, any girls, whatever we got to talk about. Uh, that's funny. That's kind of. Do you think that's what they? That's 
do you think that's what they were trying to skewer the idea that it's just like any any girls man for the stones they just they love girls here's and you know what here's some of them yeah i think they were saying they only like some girls like Mm, they interesting they don't like bigger women they don't like skinnier women they just like them right in the middle sure okay yeah interesting because all right well you want to get into it yeah except charlie he's into that bbw lifestyle anyway yeah let's get into it so some girls came out in 1978 and it was a concerted effort more than uh, hard to know with it's only rock and roll um but but at least obviously black and blue they weren't trying very hard (laughs) to make an album at least i hope they weren't yeah exactly so um faced i mean like the the common uh um story around this album is that like faced by the rise of punk and disco the rolling stones were scared of you know classic rock becoming irrelevant so they were trying to kind of adopt some of those sounds while still being stonesy and make a a more current album to show they still had it i mean i know they're very self-aware because they changed their stripes quite often in terms of what's kind of hot at the time um and i guess i could believe it but for some reason i like even though i know that's true of them i still don't kind of trust this band to like like they pulled it off be that well or self-aware consider it yeah Yeah. i I just i feel like i'm surprised that they were able to decide to do that and then actually like write some good songs Right. Well, it seems more like they would try and do that and it would turn out shitty. So, I mean, most famously you know. people were like specifically the song Miss You, they were like the Stones are doing disco now. Yeah. Right. They're disco stones. So, and apparently Shattered is supposed to be their like punk influenced song off of this. Um so it was also kind of a um I mean, so first of all, it was the first album with Ronald Donald Wood on guitar, <sighs> the first full album. Ron Don W. So um, that was kind of a big deal, I guess, or like, you know, kind of introduced their new sound with him on twin lead guitars with Keith. Right. And then it had a comparatively low amount of like guest musicians on mm-hmm. it. Um, they tried to really keep it at like the five band members. And very, like, guitar-focused. Less of the, you know, they dumped Billy Preston. They had, I think, like, one saxophone line and stuff. Mm. Like, they really tried to pare back and make it more... You know, which is... Of a straightforward rock record. Which is weird, because their most well-regarded albums had a ton of stuff on it. So you think you would... um, You Mm -hmm. think they would Mm -hmm. not fuck with the formula. You know, it's interesting. There was a quote from Keith that I read somewhere where he was like, yeah, we really felt like all those guys like dragged us in all these like (laughs) in all these like varying artistic directions. And we just really wanted to be focused on this album. And it's like, yeah, but like (laughs) that's how you like grow as a band. I'm confused. (laughs) Um, Where like, Hmm. yeah, like a Jimmy Miller type or a Nicky Hopkins uh, and even Billy Preston, to some degree, yeah. like got some like really interesting Rolling Stone songs made probably by their influence. Yeah, well, it's either like they get influenced by these amazing musicians, or they get influenced by yeah. whoever's producing the album, right? 
mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know why not stick with so. the fucking cool guys on keyboard you know yeah so uh, i think it's the only one where like ian stewart's not credited at all the only guest musicians credited are well there's a couple very uh prominent harmonica lines that were not keith uh they were this guy named sugar well, blue keith uses keith keith doesn't play the harmonica or not mick i mean okay, not I mick say, we just talked yeah. about that i know <laughs> uh not mick it's sugar blue who played harmonica on Miss You and the other one, Some Girls. And then uh, they have Ian McClagan. Um, oh, he was with Small Faces. That's right. He is a friend of Ron. Right. Ron Don's. Who played on a couple songs. And then one guy playing saxophone on one, one guy playing congas on one, and that is it. So. Yeah, they did keep it pretty scaled back. It's funny that they yeah, had to then, hire a studio musician to play congas, though. Like, that's something Mick can't fucking do. Exactly. Like Mick, I guess famously had like gotten good enough at guitar that he plays guitar on a bunch of tracks on this album, um, including like respectable from what I understand reading some reviews. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I thought it was that great, but respectable apparently is like famously all three of them on guitar. And it's like cool that they had three guitar players playing for the first time ever. Mm. I guess so. Because he actually got good enough where he could play rhythm. Um, yeah, and he does that but, to this day. Yeah, I don't concerts. know why. Yeah, really? Uh, so, uh, yeah, and sometimes he'll pick up an acoustic guitar. and. Uh, I like. I legitimately can't picture him playing a guitar. It's very weird. I don't know. It looks it doesn't weird. seem like it would suit him at all. It doesn't. Does he play... He probably plays the Prince guitar, I assume. That's like the symbol. You know, you would think that... He has that a copy of that one. He, he plays a... He plays a a guitar that's he's a he's a pretty tiny man very skinny sure. very short you would think he would play a, a guitar proportionally normal to his size mm-hmm. but he plays one of those giant gibsons and so it makes him look like a little tiny child yes yeah yeah that makes sense yeah it's pretty good very interesting mick seems like a kind of guy who in like 2008 would have played the headless guitar oh yeah for a while yeah on one tour, he would have gotten really into it, and Keith's like, "You idiot! That has got no soul. Guitars don't stay in tune. That's the whole point. No, it's got no head on it. It's got soul." This he got confused. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, some girls. You know, it was um a pretty big hit with uh some decent singles uh let's see beast of burden went to number eight in the u.s shattered went to number 31 uh and then miss you went to number one in the u.s and number three in the uk and i believe miss you is their last number one hit in the u.s at least oh okay uh or their you know most recent one um i don't think they've gone to number one yet which is kind of crazy actually that like start me up wasn't because i know start me up but yeah but you don't know miss you um yeah so and also i think generally is their like last well-regarded full album um this is yeah yeah you wouldn't say that um from what i understand what's the next album after you wouldn't say that uh emotional rescue dungeon or whatever Oh, I don't know. Oh. I've never heard Emotional Rescue. I'm saying what I'm reading, man. Oh, okay. Emotional Rescue is pretty well regarded. And All people right. like Tattoo You. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, this is also kind of similar a little bit to Goat's Head Soup, a very like New York album. Um, many of the songs have like lyrics specifically from them living in New York for the last year and stuff. And um, okay, about specific scenes in New York, like uh, what's the one song? Like when the whip comes down, is Mick writing about a a gay man living in New York, or from the perspective of a gay man living in New oh, York? Oh, I wonder um, how he came up with that. I wonder how he got that perspective. Uh, lies. This isn't New York, but lies is apparently about Bianca, who he is close to uh, divorcing. I guess I think that happens in the end of the set. Probably because he's fucking so many dudes. Probably. And then uh, Before They Make Me Run, also worth pointing out, is a Keith song. Um, right around this time, Keith got arrested in Canada for heroin possession. <laughs> and while they were recording the album, he was like, it was his trial, his case was up in the air about whether he was going to get prison time or not. Yeah. And he was very freaked out hmm. um, that he was going to get put away. He eventually didn't. Uh, I think basically... Because he's he just got let off. There's a really good... Because he's rich and famous. <laughs> so he got busted in Toronto in early 77 for heroin possession. Uh, the judgment came that he was separate from the usual theft and antisocial culture that was usually associated with heroin <laughs> use. So he was sentenced lightly. Wow. Yeah. That's fucked up. God, that's That's so terrible. elitist. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. Exactly. Um, so they had to play a charity show for the Canadian National <laughs> Institute for the Blind. So the Rolling Stones performed two shows, and then uh, the New Barbarians uh, played, and Ronald Donald and uh, Keith played with them during like their sets. That's very funny. Um, the artwork for some girls is we've talked about many times famous Rolling Stones covers. Real and this quick, is one real I quick. Regard as a real, real oh, quick. Uh, do you think they didn't have um, Mick and Charlie there because like the crowd couldn't see anyway, so they could just replace them with whoever? <laughs> yeah, the Rolling Stones didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they just put on a record. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like one of those old old jokes that like Carson would do. <laughs> in his like setup right. of like you know the uh the other night uh the other night they uh, actually had a uh they had a they had you a, can do a better charity you can do better for the than that. institute of the blind i can't uh, they had for a, the institute of the blind and uh you'll never get you'll never guess who they got to play they just put on a stack of records <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah i was being the crowd all right um so the album cover which is like I don't know exactly what it's trying to. It, it kind of looks like maybe a magazine or like not a, like a catalog page or something. I don't know. It's like four strips of color across the front with different prices on them. Yeah. And then oh, it's haircuts. Yeah. And then each haircut costs a different price. I I fucking own this album on vinyl and I don't think I've ever looked at it that closely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very cool because all the faces are like cutouts. So when you pull the inside sleeve out all the faces it's like yeah. all the band members faces on the sleeve and then you can flip it over i think and it's like different faces and you can put it back in and you know it's fun <laughs> um but originally they did it with a bunch of famous women's faces on it and they got sued because they didn't ask to use any of their likenesses Ah, fun love that um yeah and also um 
the oh yeah so it was a copy of a valmore products advertisement that must have been a hair yeah. yeah personal care company yeah anyway so that company also sued them for using a copy of their ad without asking <laughs> <laughs> so they gave valmore products money and then they also just made a new album cover without any of the famous people's faces and reissued the album so i imagine it's Ooh, probably probably that's probably a pretty rare yeah. original pressing yeah. Um, um, do you th- I think it looked like new CDs maybe used the original version. Yeah, the 1986 CD reissue had the original uh, okay. cover, but yeah. Um, you would think it's almost 1980. You would think they would understand, like, you can't just, yeah. like, fucking take whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Get, okay, um, I just found a, an original pressing with the women's faces. Yeah. Um, would you like to guess how much it is on eBay? Ooh, um, $450. Oh, no, way higher. Way higher? Mm-hmm. $1,200. You're closer, $1,300. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Um, they apparently also uh George Harrison's face was on there, which is pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. Like such a weird like such a weird dig if they didn't like him and then if they were friends with him, just very funny that oh, he's on yeah. There. <laughs> That's pretty good. I have no idea their relationship with George Harrison at this point. He seems like in seventy eight, I don't know why he would hang out with anybody, but he seems like he was deep in like his farm life. You're just kinda doing his own shit, yeah. Yeah, right. Because it's kind of it's before he like kind of came back with the traveling Wilburys. I feel like that was during his period where he was just not doing anything. I'm sure. I think he put out an album this year. In '78. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is it the one with the clouds? Cloud nine. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah, cloud nine. Um, is it really? Yeah, there's an album called Cloud Nine. It came out in '87. Um. Hmm. No, oh, okay. he put out That's maybe not that 79 he put one out um just called George Harrison. Oh, yeah, the best. I love a late era self-titled. Album. You know what I hate? A late era self-titled. It drives me crazy. I feel like that happened a lot with like I feel like a lot of bands that started when we were younger where yeah. they would do like their fifth album would be a self-titled and it would be like a weird like reset like we're back to the basics kind of album yeah. and it it always was annoying to No, me. it's I it's my least favorite thing that bands do. Yeah. Um because it's a Rolling Stones album, they had a controversy about it when it came out, of course. Oh. You don't say. Um Yeah. Oh, he actually had a lot. I'm thinking of Dark Horse. Uh, Sip. which does that pair? That's seventy four. Fucking closet. Yeah, I'm not thinking of Dark Horse. Well, wow, he had a lot more albums than I thought. Sh- I think at some point I read nothing past living in the material world is worth listening to, so I just ignored it. But yeah, it's got his ups and downs. <laughs> Cloud Nine is quite the album cover. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, produced by. Oh boy, um, that was like his big comeback, Cloud Nine. And it was produced by um, oh. Jeff Lynn of Electric Light Jeff Orchestra. Lynn looks like, yeah. yeah, there you go. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so the Some Girls controversy, which actually for them, not a huge con. It's a little weird. Um, 
to me because we've talked about them being much more offensive than this, but this really caught hold apparently when the album came out. Um, so, uh, in the song Some Girls, there's a couple of what I was joking about making a hilarious riff on earlier was that there's a couple verses where they go through like different types of girls and how they act like American girls are like this and British girls are like this. And there's a lyric, (laughs) of course, uh, there's a lyric that black girls just want to get fucked all night and I don't have that much jam. (laughs) Yeah. And then afterwards, which is equally offensive but there's a line where did it go i think do you think when people are something about like chinese girls are like so shy and quiet but they're sneaky or something which is (laughs) jesus christ that's just fully full-on racist um do you think after that controversy mcjagger's like it's fine i'm married to a black woman no no he said this is his quote (laughs) Atlantic tried to get us to drop it, but I refused. I've always been opposed to censorship of any kind, especially by conglomerates, which the conglomerate he was talking about, um, let's see, was, uh, uh, where did it go? Oh, um, was Reverend Jesse Jackson's, that's like activist yeah, group. That's was the conglomerate he's talking about. Very by the way. funny. Um, I've always been opposed to censorship of any kind, especially by conglomerates. I've always said, if you can't take a joke, it's too fucking bad. (laughs) What a piece of shit. Yeah. So Jesse Jackson met with Amit Erdogan, the Atlantic Records head, and uh, Jesse Jackson said the song was a racial insult that degrades blacks and women. Correct. Yep. Accurate. Um, And threatened to boycott the record until a resolution was met. Um, and, uh, all they got at the end of the day was a statement on behalf of the band by the president of Rolling Stones records. So not even from the band really, right? <laughs> which says a lot. Here's the statement. It never occurred to us that our parody of certain stereotypical attitudes would be taken seriously by anyone who had heard the entire lyric of the song in question. No insult was intended. And if any was taken, we sincerely apologize. Which, given the times we're living in, is eerily similar. Like, this is yeah. all very... <laughs> yeah. Jesus except Christ. That, yeah. It would probably go a little farther now. It's also just insane that, like... I mean, there's been controversy with them before, but it's interesting that this is, like, the one that kind of boils over into, like, a full-fledged... You would... This, and then what was the... There was, like, the women's group... Oh, yeah, because of their ad promoting Black and Blue. Yeah there was like the feminist group who boycotted their album too until they just, but it's like both of those to my mind, it's all very offensive, yeah. but like they were much more offensive much earlier than that. <laughs> I mean, and also I guess it's maybe just part of changing times. They, 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 so. they faced a lot of backlash from black and blue and this album, but they yeah. also got a guy killed at a concert. So right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's good that anyone's holding them accountable because as we've seen going through their discography since the early, early days, they've been As As we've seen, Keith Richards got off scot-free because he wasn't a degenerate, apparently. So, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, we're looking forward to this. Um, it's also, we'll get to some girls when we listen to it, but like they're talking about how it's a parody, but it's like a parody 
of what like what's the joke you can't just make a racist joke and then be like it's a parody yeah because it's like when you listen to the song especially given the rolling stones entire career up to this point (laughs) you're just like oh it's another rolling stone song about like all the groupies we fuck yeah and then like them throwing out a bunch of stereotypes and then it's like but that's like that's what's yeah what is the joke to them like i want them to explain the joke instead of just being like it's a joke why are you offended yeah (laughs) because it's it's not funny i mean i guess it's funny if you're a mean person who thinks throwing out dumb stereotypes are funny if you're a mean woman who thinks black women like to fuck all night yeah it's not even a good lyric i think no and i mean part of the problem is that like um all of the other like stereotypes, none of them, none of the other ones are related to sex and also are much more like, even though they're like bad stereotypes are all about people's personalities or like the types of women's personalities. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, with, with black women, it's just that they like that they want to get fucked all night. So (laughs) cool. Yeah. Nothing about even good or bad. Nothing about them as people. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So yeah, not great obviously um so yeah that's some girls you want to get into the track by track yeah let's take a little break and then get into the track by track And welcome back to the Rolling Stones Studs, where we're talking about some girls today. Which girls? Who are some girls you know, PJ? Um, your fiance. Your fiance. Sure, my fiance. Um, so prissy. That might be it. That might be the all the girl I yeah. know. That's the only girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very. Very male lifestyle you lead, PJ. You don't hang out with women. Oh, I've learned of another woman through learning about the Rolling Stones. Her name is Carly Simon. Sure. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's Starfucker. Yeah. Fucking Starfucker. God damn it. And those are the, those are the two. So, yeah. so some girls, um, let's get into the track by track. Uh, a real quick kind of fun, fun fact for you, PJ. Yeah. This is only one of three albums that they have played every song off of live. Do you want to guess what the other two are? Did that setup make sense? I feel like I said that in a weird way. They they, they have done each of these songs live. They've performed yeah, them. Yeah, and they've only done that with two other albums in their discography right. where they've played every single song let live. Me, let me album. look at one. Um, it's only rock and roll in black and blue. No. Am I super wrong? No, neither of those are. Okay, are well then, Let It Bleed and Out of Our Heads. Yes. No. Uh, what's... Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, You're, you were in the right era earlier. Let It Bleed and Sticky Fingers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is interesting that like some of their earlier albums, they didn't... Because it's like they didn't have a lot to play back then, but then they yeah. just added new covers live for some reason, as we heard on their live albums. Yeah. So. It's also weird, like... They have never performed, like, one of the songs off of Exile or something, you know? 
Yeah, that's they've weird. never performed a lot of their songs, which is it is really wild. You would think as a band, like, <laughs> I mean, I get that like you're recording the album to put out as an album, but then when you're also constantly touring, it's like it just seems like it would feel weird to like work so hard on a song and like deem it good enough to put on an album and then be like, nah, we're never going to play it again. I would get so bored playing the the exact same set list every single night. Like, yeah, that's weird. It's really weird. And like, and then, yeah. And just to be like, oh yeah, that one song off exile. I haven't like, like Keith probably hasn't played some of their songs in like 40 years. Right. And that's just really nuts that that's true. That is crazy to me. So, and then some of their songs don't, you know, obviously. They shouldn't be played live. Yeah. So. Well, let's get into Some Girls. It, it was released in June 1978. It went to, where is our chart here? It went to number three in Australia. No, that's not. Who cares? <laughs> uh, it went to number two in the UK and number one in the US. All right. First, First track. This song is good. This song fucking rules. Uh, that riff, I guess you'd call it, like yeah, the harmonica. I've I have never noticed that that's a harmonica before. Like, of course it is, but for some reason, it, I never listened to it that carefully, and it is fantastic. Oh, it's so good, and I love the like. I've never really even thought of this as being that disco-y. I guess I think of it. A little more like I don't know. It's just got some funk to it, but I guess the uh, with that four on the floor beat, it counts as disco. And then so. I think the like falsetto also. People are yeah. like, it's very disco-y. It's so good though. Yeah. Yeah, the song rules. Great, great lead-off track from the Stones. All right. Uh, Next song, When the Whip Comes Down. Yeah. This is our tune from the, uh, about a kid who moves to New York and is figuring out how to, how to live in the Big Apple. At this point, listening to the album, I was like, Maybe this is an okay album. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Miss You is great. When the Whip Comes Down, I don't think has really ever grabbed me that much. It's not the best. I mean, it doesn't have a chorus, which is rough. Yeah. Like, it's just them going, when the Whip Comes Down, four times in a row, and it's like, eh. Yeah. I'm, like, I don't, I don't think it's, a, like, one of the best songs I've ever heard, but it's a fun song. Like, it, it has good energy to it. Yeah, it's decent, and, you know, for, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, I feel like you gotta say, for all of their problematic lyrics, it is, like, intriguing to write a, like, very empathetic first-person song about a, you know, gay kid moving to L.A. and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's a fair point. Like, so that is, is very interesting, for sure. Um. And then the next song is a Temptations cover, Just My Imagination Running Away With Me. Yeah. 
And this song fucking blows. <laughs> I've got to say, I've listened to this album a few times, and uh, I don't remember this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is not sticking in my mind. They're doing the same thing that they were doing at the beginning of the career, where they were like, you know what, let's cover a, a soul song, but like put our yeah. little spin on it, and they just did it poorly here again. Like, you cannot do yeah. this song better than... Let's at least get to the chorus yeah. and see if I remember it, but at this point, I'm agreeing that I'm not that into it. Running away with me. It's just fine. Imagination. More than anything else, I'm actually just bothered by the guitar tone on this song, where it's got, like, that weird um what do you call it when what's the knob on the amp when it makes it sound like you're in a big room reverb yeah it's got some reverb happening and it sounds really bad it, the guitar is really bad and then it's also like just such a lazy cover like if you're gonna cover the yes. temptations you can't sing six notes the whole time mick jagger like yeah. he's i don't know yeah, I feel like they were trying to do the ain't too proud to beg thing, but it it, it didn't work. It didn't work. All right. Next song is the titular track, Some Girls. That harmonica is good, though. And that's about the only good thing about this song. The harmonica is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because the second he starts singing, it's bad. Yeah. Oh, no, you know what? That guitar in the background is good, too. <laughs> it didn't do it again. The Some Girls Wikipedia page at the bottom links to see also race, human categorization. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, aside, the harmonica is very good. Aside from that, I will say i mean maybe it's a bit of the brown sugar thing where once you realize what the song is about i didn't no, want no, no. to get that into it no no it's a bad but song i don't think it's that great of a song yeah and the guitar tone is really bad except for i'm going to go back for a second cuz it was good for like a second yeah give me right there it was good and then the rest of the song it's different and bad yeah Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Must have been editing some shit together. Yeah. Um, just real quick before we move on, by the way. Um, so we haven't actually mentioned yet on a few of these songs. We've been hearing a little bit of slide guitar, pedal steel. Yeah. And that's all um, our man Ronald Donald Wood. Ronald Donald came Wood. In with, yeah, with the ability to play, <laughs> to play more than just a regular guitar. Huh. He could also play pedal steel. So he that's maybe a high point on this album for me is the the pedal steel that's intertwined there um I, just because i always love a, a pedal steel I do and love he like pedal steel yeah and he throws it in in kind of a fun way where it's more like him just kind of playing throughout the song instead of like a big solo or something yeah. so hmm. like in i think it was in just my imagination it's like kind of just poking up with some riffs in between the lyrics and stuff hmm. and it's good shit yeah all right next song is lies So this is apparently about Bianca. 
which is great. <laughs> the song PJ is a fast-paced rocker about a man being fed up with his girlfriend's line at which do you think which man which girlfriend? Just take a let's think about it for a second. My, <laughs> why would they make that so generic? It's so obviously about making Bianca. It's about Charlie and his girlfriend whose name is Claudia. Very confusing. Does Charlie uh, have a wife? This is the only track, speaking of them playing stuff live, the only track from some girls that they have never played after the uh, like tour when this album came out. Interesting. Is it because it pained him so much? Is to... it cause, maybe it's because they divorced and he was like, all right, now I'm done. I want to see, is he married? Yes. Charlie has been married to the same woman since 1964. Yeah, that seems right. He's a good. I feel like we all we could have guessed. He's a good that. dude. Good, good job, Chuck. Uh, this song is not interesting to me. No, it's really fucking. It's boring. It's just like a very generic kind of fast-paced blues rocker. Yep. And the lyrics aren't that interesting. Like nothing crazy is happening here. No, this was like very clearly they were trying to do, like, the New York Dolls thing, and they did it really poorly. Yeah. 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 So, um, next song is "Far Away Eyes." This is now. This song is clearly a parody, um, country tune. That pedal steel does sound good. Yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, for sure. He's doing even more of a dumb country voice than he usually does. Right, and on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Or on purpose because he's. You know, I bought a he's being a hit a sticker pack from like Hobby Lobby or like Michaels when I was a kid, and it was a Rolling Stones sticker pack, and it was mostly just you know the the lips blowing a raspberry logo. But then it sure. there was just one sticker that just said "Far Away Eyes" on it, which is who wants that? Yeah, <laughs> such a and you know it's such a big song, it's such a classic Stones hit. I do. So weird. This song's fine. I mean, like as a song, it's nothing special. Like it's just kind of a standard country tune. I, it's kind of funny, I guess. But why put it on this album? Why put it on this right. album? Right like, after I get what they're a going for song, that they're like, you know? yeah, I get, I get what they're trying to do. It's, but yeah. it's, it's just not that funny. To and me, it's also so. really <laughs> bad on the album. Like, yeah, I. Maybe if this was a single. I do like the chorus. Like, it's kind of a nice tune. Like, it's very pretty, but... Yeah, but... Like, I don't think it... I think, objectively, it's a fine song, but if you're going to do, like, such a joke parody thing, put it out as a single. Like... It's a little weird, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I like any time they do group vocals. I think it sounds really nice. They sing together well. Yeah. But it's a st- so, stupid yeah. song that's pretty fine. Uh, respectable. Okay, at this point, what does that sound like to you? Just... I'll give you one more. Uh, another Rocky Horror Picture Show song? Yes, it sounds exactly like uh, Time Warp. Um. Yeah, it does. It's just a jump to the left, you know, like, 
It's the same yeah. shit. And I think Rocky Horror came out a year before this. This is a Punk Meets Chuck Berry number, PJ. Is it? Is it, though? That's what Mick says. Is it? Um, apparently, it was originally supposed to be slow, but Keith saw the advantage of speeding up the tempo. <laughs> so they tried it that way. What if, uh, what if we do it um, faster? Yeah. This is another, like, kind of funny song. By which I mean, like, all the lyrics are about, like, how they're supposed to be respectable, but then it has a bunch of, like, situations where they're not being respectable. Like, there's a lyric about doing heroin with the president, like, when they meet the president yeah. and stuff and shit like that. It's, like, it's kind of funny just because it's actually, it seems like it's them being self-aware for real. Yeah. Um, and, like, realizing the kind of ridiculousness of, like, being these famous rock stars in the 70s. Right. Do, um, do you think they actually did heroin with the president? And if so, was it Jimmy Carter? No, but I would 100% believe they were all on it when they met the president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I. Uh, but then it's, like, not a catchy song. Like, it's same as, like, Lies. It's just the same, like, generic fast blues song with Mick kind of half singing, half yelling. Which, after this, it's, will become a staple nothing. of their career. Yeah, it's just nothing catchy or interesting happening, really. Like, apparently them going back to just a guitar band means they just go back to playing boring, like, 12-bar yeah. blues. You, you know, he said it's like a Chuck Berry meets punk rock thing, but the only thing that's like <laughs> Chuck Berry about is, is the solo that just happened. But also, every punk band in the world plays kind of a Chuck Berry solo. I said Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry solo, just faster. Yeah. Like, well, no, no, no. Yeah. it's all the same shit. I don't... You can't be like, oh, it's this mixed with this when one thing is based on the other thing. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, this song's just really fucking boring. Yeah, it's not very good. No. Um, if the lyric, I feel like if the lyrics for this were almost like in the song of Faraway Eyes, because the lyrics are actually like kind of decent, mm-hmm. but then it was like a slower song where you got more time to actually like hear that. Like, yeah. I feel like then that would be like a good like. Kinda oh, so you think Keith made a mistake funny. saying they should do it faster? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, next song is "Before They Make Me Run," which is a Keith song. Yes, Keith written, sung by Keith. Um, this is probably my favorite. Keith solo song we've heard so far. Yeah. And by probably, I mean, I think it is by far. It's not <laughs> bad. I was surprised at how much I liked yeah. this one. Um, it, it. I mean, his voice still sounds like shit, but yeah. it's catchier than his other stuff. And it, he kind of like, makes it I literally work like with the, the chorus. song. Like how shitty yeah. his voice is. And it's, it's probably my third favorite song on the album. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Are you thinking Miss You, Beast of Burden, and then this yep. one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. I might, I, I might switch th- around Beast of Burden and Miss You though. I like Beast of Burden a lot. Oh, I was just saying, is the other two, yeah, good songs. Yes, I definitely agree. This is the third best song on the album, and then it is a steep drop off. We're not getting to our rating yet, but no. Um, we'll go anyway. We'll go to Beast of Burden next. Which oh, at least get to the chorus oh, there. So, but that's okay. No, that's no, no. Okay. We'll go back. It's not that special. Did I just pass? Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, 
Like, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good chorus. Like, it's it's well yeah. written as a chorus because it's catchy and it's like not many words, you know. Yeah. All right. Beast of Burden, which this is one of my favorite Stone songs. Yeah, we've talked a lot about their like our ranking of their um their ballads from like the golden era, you know? Yeah. Between Angie, Sweet Virginia, all those tracks, like this one I think is up there in the top couple for me for their like seventies ballads. It's great. I love this song. It's really, really great. Yeah. This is the This is Oh, go ahead. I actually, I like Miss You. I would say this is the only, like, true classic off this album, though. I, I think it's yeah. much better than Miss You. See, and I thought this song had been a lot earlier because it sounds like it's such a good song. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, except for the guitar playing, which is clearly, like, not Mick Taylor. Yeah. This could have been I kind of agree that this yeah. could have come out any time between 68 and 78 for them. Yeah. yeah. See, this song is kind of the song that got me into the Stones, like in early high school because like I, yeah. it, it was one of the first recommended videos to me on YouTube and I was like oh nice song rules yeah I really love the bridge of this song as well. Yeah. We'll wait for it to get there. Me too. It's just such a good song. I love this. Yeah. Truly the only thing I would change about the song is the guitar tone there. Like, throughout this whole album, their guitar tone isn't very good. Um, like, I wish it was, like, heavier. It seems kind of thin. Yeah, that's kind of... I mean, as we talked about, I feel like that's a thing on this whole album. Yeah. It feels very... Yeah, it's all, like, that clean tone with a little bit of reverb, and it just all sounds... Yeah, like, I just want a little more depth. Yeah. A little more crunch to it. A little more bite. Yeah. I do think it works on this. On this song, song, it's great. I just wish it was like a little bit different. Put me yeah. out. Put me out. Oh, God, I love this song. Sorry. All right, we'll go to the next one. Shattered. This is the last track. Yep. This was one of the singles. Mm-hmm. People love this song. Yeah, I have to say, when I started looking up reviews of this album to kind of get, you know, some idea at the time, some idea from newer uh, views on this, uh, unequivocally, everyone seemed to love Shattered. I don't get it. It's not very Let good. me tell you a story about this album, PJ. Right. When I was first listening to it, uh, as I mentioned, a friend of ours was in town this week, a mutual friend. And I put this album on while we were going on a drive, and... You know, we were talking, chatting, occasionally listening and being like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's a good song, whatever. We got to Shattered, and both of us just started laughing and being like, wow, this is really terrible. And I was like, yeah, this is like all of Black and Blue, basically, sounded like this. Yeah. And we did all that. And then I like kept listening to the album, kept being like, Shattered's, I mean, it's not, it's definitely bad. It's but it's bad. I'm like, eh, it's okay. Like, the guitar solo is kind of cool. 
that kind of thing. And then, yeah, started reading reviews and was like, why does everyone think this is good? I'm so confused. Like, because I don't hear it at all. It's a at all. garbage song. It's bad. Yeah. It really sounds to me like some of the bad stuff off Black and Blue. Yeah. It, it's like... This guitar solo is solid, though. This genuinely might be my least favorite song on the album. No, just my imagination is pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's really shit, and I can't, I could not believe my eyes when I was reading that it was like a a well loved Rolling Stones. Track, I don't so. get it, and like that's kind of like where we align. Where you, there are some of those Beach Boy songs uh, from like their later era that people were like, oh, it's like they're they're coming back, and you were just like, yeah. no, that is a terrible song. That's kind of how I feel about the Stones, where it's like, I don't, I'm yeah. not on the same page with most Stones fans. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, PJ, I'm not going to blow up their spot, mostly because, well, I'm just not going to, like, plug their blog, but I found a few times when looking up Rolling Stones stuff, there's a blog that I've checked out where it's this woman who like goes through a lot of classic rock stuff and will do album reviews and we'll kind of do what we're doing where she'll be like i'm gonna listen through like the kinks discography and write it up one every week or whatever yeah um and i think she might still be doing it like there were comments at least on the some girls article from like 2019 so okay um anyway but i just read the one about i've read a couple of the other ones but i read the one about some girls (laughs) and she had Maybe the craziest Rolling Stones opinions that I have heard, maybe aside from my Rolling Stones opinions. (laughs) Okay, here were her opinions. She started with, like, with Out of Our Heads and then just listened forward, Mm -hmm. liked everything, and then she got to Exile, thought Exile was the biggest piece of trash she'd ever heard, and then quit listening to them for a while, and then in her words, looked at the album covers of It's Only Rock and Roll and Black and Blue and said, nope, which I kind of agree with, even though It's Only Rock and Roll has some good shit on it. So then went to Some Girls and then loved Some Girls, like said it was maybe her favorite Rolling Stones album at that point. And it's just like... What an That is a crazy take. to be like... That is the worst also, take. It's really funny because also um, <laughs> she had defined like her she's like personally the golden era is like 65 through like 70 for me for them which is really like from aftermath through sticky fingers who could think which is really really (laughs) no i'm i'm here for i'm defending it because like it's pretty nuts from like the like classic opinion on them but i appreciate as someone who also has like not loved some classic rolling stone shit that because i would agree that like i think they have two great eras 65 and 66 basically together like the four albums that came out then and then uh when did let it bleed like and then 69 through 74 i but 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 saying leaving out beggar's banquet so but saying that exile is the worst piece of shit ever and it makes you stop listening to a band when it is obviously their best album oh yeah what was funny too this is also why i'm not blowing it up because i don't want I don't know. You don't want fans to go have and your, spam Have your her. opinions. Yeah. Yes, I know. I don't want people to go dox her on Twitter. Um, Have your opinions. Enjoy them. You know, listen to what you want. But it was also just really funny because, like, as an aside on Exile, it was like 
she mentioned that it's like, and my dad was like, yeah, of course. Why do you think I never told you to listen to Exile? It's terrible. And was like, had a little couple lines about like, everyone I know hates it. So it's obviously, and it's just like, who are you? Who are you talking who are to? all these people no, in the she world? She has never talked to anybody with that Exile album. Exile is trash. Like, no. It's really no. nuts. It was really funny, but that's the worst. I appreciated I appreciated her riding so hard though for that like mid sixties Rolling Stone stuff, which I do love. The, yeah, between the buttons and aftermath. Uh, yeah. stuff, I don't so. think it's the worst, but to say that Exile is worse or than that, I don't. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. I hate this woman. It's it's pretty. Is funny. it Chrissy yeah, Teigen? <laughs> Those are the words I was hoping we wouldn't get to. I hate this woman and every woman's opinion on classic okay. rock. PJ. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't a Rolling Stone song. This is our podcast. We're better than oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, God damn. So that's some girls. Um, real quick. God, we're all over the place today. Uh, I mentioned the new Barbarians playing with the Rolling Stones at that charity concert. Yeah. This is a little bit of what we were talking about with Mick Taylor. The new Barbarians were a super group that um, Ronald Donald formed to promote one of his solo albums. Uh, so it's him, Keith Richards, um, former Faces keyboardist who played on this album, Ian McLaughlin, and then Bobby Keys, hmm. and then a couple other people who I don't know, but like what are, pretty good super. Who group. are the other people? Stanley Clark on bass. Yes, he's very famous. Okay, and then Joseph Modaliste I don't know. of the Meters. The Meaners is like an old yeah, funk band yeah. from New Orleans. Yeah. Um, so. What did Stanley Clark do? He was on some famous shit, I feel like. Um, I think he's just a jazz bassist. Stanley Clark, founding member of Return to Forever, one of the first jazz fusion bands. Uh, that's crazy. I've never heard of him. Maybe I've just been listening to a lot of bassists talk about playing bass on YouTube lately. Probably. Yeah. So, that's Some Girls. Mm-hmm. Some Girls. Ooh-wee, Some, some Girls. girls. Do you wanna do you wanna give your uh, thoughts and rating, PJ? Uh, it could have been a better album. I don't think it was produced particularly well. I think the songwriting was incredibly lazy. I think um, two of this two of the songs are amazing. Two of the best songs they've ever written. Um, and then the rest of it's just kind of like filler. It feels like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's not a good album. It's not the worst album I've no. ever heard, but it's not good. Like, I didn't have a bad time listening yeah. to it. Like, it's not actively bad, but it's not good. So it's probably like a four, five, five, four. It's five, four. Yeah, four feels maybe right. Yeah, um, yeah this album is just very interesting because I feel like, I think we talked about how I own this one and listened to it like one time and then never again because it didn't really grab me. Yeah. And... um. But I know a lot about this out. Like this is a, I feel like a famous album because it was supposed to be like their last really good one from the later era Stones. It was supposed to be their like answer to punk and disco and all that shit. Right. It was, you know, it was just, it had a lot of like stuff around it. And it, it's a disappointing album. I mean, it, yeah. maybe I needed a little more time. Like, I guess technically maybe these songs would grab me if I, gave it some more listens but this album did not basically do anything for me even stuff i wanted to appreciate like when the whip comes down just like musically at the end of the day was just very generic and kind of boring for me yeah um so 
Yeah, I agree where it's like Miss You and Beast of Burden are all-time classics for them. Phenomenal Like, songs. could be off of, um, you know, Let, Let It Bleed, Bleed or yeah. something kind of good. Yeah. And then there's just nothing else. And then it's like a step down to Before They Make Me Run and then like a whole staircase down to the rest of the songs oh, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't, it's definitely better than Black and Blue. It's it To my mind, it's yeah. really similar to Goat's Head Soup, I feel like. Where like you can tell they're trying, but production gets in their way, yeah. and then also there's just some lazy like choices in songwriting at the end of the day that like kind of hamper it. But you're like, I feel like there was a good album in there, but they just didn't. Yeah, get I it. could hear that. So, yeah, I know. It didn't get about. to it. But I do definitely think it's worse than Goat's Head Soup. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like four feels right, even though I only really like a couple songs. I might almost go three. It's just not. See, I went like, four because it's not inoffensive album to me it's just bad. like well i mean the yeah. content is offensive but like musically it's not <laughs> some offensive offensive um yeah right so but it's not so yeah. i had to go middle of the road and i'm not gonna give it a five no five feels very That's high for very some high for yeah what did i get i feel like i gave goat's head soup like way too high of a rating in hindsight i was gonna say what did i give goat's head i'll give it one lower but i'm pretty sure i gave like a seven to goat's head soup so yeah I'd st- I think four out of ten is fair. Yeah, I think that's a good rating. It's like, yeah. Definitely. I mean, we are entering in here. I was actually thinking about this the other day where we did our best of somewhat recently. And I was like, well, with the Beach Boys, we never did another best of. Because that's like they didn't even have enough good songs to put one together. Right. And I feel like we might be there. Even though the Rolling Stones have quite a few albums left. I think they have like nine albums left. Yeah. I doubt we're going to get enough good songs to even bother putting together a best of. But if we did, Miss You and Beast of Burden would, of course, be on there. Yeah. And like I said, man, Beast of Burden, that's going to give Sweet Virginia like a run for money. For It's good. Run for its money, in my mind, yeah. in terms of their best ballad. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... It can only either get better or worse from here because this is so middle of the road. So that's that's true. Um, I mean, I I feel like, or maybe they'll just stay middle of the road, man. They'll just do the Beach Boys thing, and it'll be like a couple very bad ones, and then a couple fine ones, and then back to bad. And... It's kind of more fun when they go up and down. Middle of the road is just boring, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the Stones will settle there. Uh, I feel like they're not done trying to be good yet, which yeah. should make for some interesting listening. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we have been yeah. the Beach Boys boys. And that's been some girls. Yeah. I also called yeah. this by the wrong name. This has been the Rolling Stone studs. And that's been some girls. Yeah. And Pete, yeah. I will, while I'm here in foggy old London town, Rolling a mm-hmm. stone down the street with a stick, because that's what they do here. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll see you on the other side of that stick wave. Ball. Hoop ball, you know. And you know, you know and seeing you I'm on the here. other side of a wave is similar because we're yeah. across the pond from one one another. That's true. We live across many oceans. Waves. Yeah, two oceans actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Three if you go around the. That's uh, true. Depending on which way you go, I was could be all say seven. the Orient. <laughs> No, we are not the Rolling Stones in 1978. Yeah. We are better than that. If you go around uh, Asia, though, it'll take you through three different oceans. So that's, that's true. Um, wait, no, it won't, because London's on that side of the Atlantic, yeah. so you wouldn't go through the Atlantic to get to California. You know what? 
Never fucking mind. Yeah. Goodbye. See you on the other side of that God wave, Pete. A Beach Boys Boys production.